Are you looking for fun and creative ways to teach your kids about the true meaning of Easter this year? Are you longing to see your children get more excited about the resurrection of Jesus rather than egg hunts and Easter baskets and getting hopped up on sugar? Get it? Hopped up. (laughs) Easter, but never mind. Uh, We're so glad you're joining us for today's episode and suffering through more of my corny jokes. I'm your host, Katie Morgan, and welcome to Parenting with Ginger Hubbard. Ginger is the best-selling author of Don't Make Me Count to Three, Wise Words for Moms, and I Can't Believe You Just Said That. She speaks at women's events, parenting conferences, and homeschool conventions across the country. You can check out her parenting resources and find out when she's speaking in or near your area at gingerhubbard.com. And while you're there, be sure to sign up for updates so you'll always know about new podcast episodes. You'll also receive a free gift from Ginger when you sign up. But before we get started on today's episode, here is a quick word from our sponsor. I read something online recently that really pricked my heart. It said, the church should handle adoption and caring for the fatherless like we handle the Great Commission. While not everyone is called to adopt, everyone does play a role in caring for the fatherless. Friends, this is why Ginger and I are thrilled to share more about our sponsor, Lifeline Children's Services. Lifeline believes that adoption is one way that God provides families for vulnerable children who need to know the love of Christ and the love of a family. They walk with foster and adoptive families and provide them with parent coaching, educational services, and professional counseling so they can better nurture and disciple their children. Whether you're a foster or adoptive family who could use support services, or if, like my family, you want to support those who have opened their homes to these precious children, you can find out more at lifelinechild.org. Again, that's lifelinechild.org. Lifeline brings gospel hope to vulnerable children. Ginger, I'm so excited to talk about this topic today. Easter is one of my favorite holidays, and it always has been, honestly. My mom actually loves to tell the story about one Easter Sunday when I was the most disobedient. Mm -hmm. Should I share that story with our listeners? Yeah, the most disobedient as in ever. Of course, I want to hear that story. Yeah, I don't know about ever. I have a lot of these stories. (laughs) Okay, so I must have been about three years old. And we went to church on Easter morning at my grandparents' church in Warrington, Georgia. So it's a teeny tiny church. And I guess they couldn't handle the capacity that particular Sunday. So I ended up having to sit in the choir loft with my aunt. So we, my aunt and I, were facing the rest of my family. And my dad's entire family had a clear view of me in my little dress with my matching white hat and white shoes and little white gloves and my Fisher-Price little people haircut. So I was a sight, (laughs) let me tell you. (laughs) So anyway, my mom had told me I wasn't allowed to take any candy to church. So being the resourceful child I was, and that's a watered-down way of saying I was terribly disobedient, (laughs) I came up with a little workaround to that rule of hers. And I knew I couldn't just sit there and start opening wrappers while the preacher did his thing. Now, I was much more creative than that. So my mom tells the story of how she sat there staring at me and fuming as I sucked on my white gloves the entire service. I was staring at her while I did it too. That's pretty brazen. But she knew exactly (laughs) what I had done. I took jelly beans and stuffed them into the fingers of my gloves so that I wouldn't have to let my sugar buzz wear off while we were in church. (laughs) Okay, that's good. And I (laughs) I still have those gloves and each fingertip is a different color. So I'm going to try to dig up that picture and post it in our show notes for everybody to see. 
<laughs> oh, that is too funny. And you know, it's a good thing that church services weren't online back then because all oh. the viewers would have been looking past the preacher to little Katie sucking on her white gloves. <laughs> oh, I would have been turned into a meme. No question. Absolutely. <laughs> For sure. What is it these days? That's it. Oh, but in your defense, anytime candy is involved, I'd say most five-year-olds would have a really hard time prioritizing. <laughs> And it's such a temptation, especially at Easter, because kids are just completely bombarded with anything and everything that has absolutely nothing to do at all with the true meaning of Easter. Mm. I don't know. It just seems like rabbits and baskets and plastic eggs are in just about every store. And the Easter bunny is marketed all over the place as the hero of the month. Mm. And of course, you know, those things aren't evil in and of themselves, and we're certainly not going to condemn anyone who colors eggs with their kids or gives them baskets with toys and chocolate rabbits on Easter morning. Or if you're like my mother-in-law, chocolate Santas. I'm not kidding. She bought what? them on sale after Christmas and gave them to my husband and his sister for Easter. She's hilarious. She makes me laugh. <laughs> well, I'd say there's nothing more noble than a thrifty mom. That's and, right. You know, husbands sure appreciate that quality in their wives. So mm-hmm. I, I'd say chocolate Santas for Easter puts your mother-in-law her thriftiness right up there with a Proverbs 31 woman. For sure. Absolutely. (laughs) But all Easter baskets and chocolate bunnies aside, what we do want to do is encourage you, our listeners, to keep Jesus the center of Easter by talking about Him and thanking Him for His sacrificial death on our behalf and celebrating the good news of His resurrection with your kids, because that is what Easter is all about. Focusing our hearts and our efforts on anything other than the resurrection of Christ on Easter is shallow because it's of no value. It's not lasting. We might jazz it up and make it fun for a couple of hours, but in the end, it's fleeting. It's ultimately celebrating that something that's hollow and empty. No human tradition should ever substitute or take the place of glorifying and praising Jesus for who He is and what He's done for us. Believing that anyone is worthy of our attention and praise other than Jesus is deceptive thinking. Colossians 2.8 warns us about this. It says, See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the basic principles of this world rather than on Christ. Nothing and no one deserves to be celebrated above Jesus. Mm, I love that, Ginger. Um, Alistair Begg, he is one of my absolute favorite preachers, and I love the way he addresses this topic. So he asked his congregation that if someone was to come to Earth from another planet, if that was possible, and to visit the average Easter celebration, they might be forgiven for assuming that the significance of the celebrations might be found in the eggs or the rabbits or, as he said, in some piece of chocolate confectionery. I wish I could say it with a Scottish accent like he does. He has the best accent. (laughs) Well, and he's absolutely right in what he's saying. Jesus is the reason we celebrate Easter, and anything else is here today and gone tomorrow, and it offers no lasting or living hope. Mm. 1 Peter 1, 3-4 tells us that we are to praise and celebrate God for the living hope He is. Those verses say, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In His great mercy, He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. That is good news, and that is reason to celebrate. Absolutely, Ginger. And I do want to point out to our listeners, um, Ginger and I realize that there are dangers when it comes to celebrations like Easter and Christmas that have some secular or even pagan traditions interwoven with them. Um, 
we don't necessarily have an opinion on whether or not Christians should or shouldn't celebrate any particular way. That's the beauty of Christian liberty and personal convictions. We do acknowledge, though, that there are dangers on either side of the issue. So either we can be excessive and obsessive and take the focus completely off of Christ, or we can be legalistic and self-righteous and just miss the joy of celebrating altogether. Mm -hmm. So the challenge as parents is to find out how to celebrate in ways that bring honor and glory to God. We serve a God who lavishes us with good gifts, and he encourages feasts and celebrations in his honor. So Ginger, how did you do that for your family when your children were young? Well, we did different things over the years to make Easter fun for our kids while keeping that focus on celebrating the resurrection of our Lord. And sure, we enjoyed coloring eggs, but we also incorporated resurrection eggs, which was Mm. a really fun way to teach our children about the resurrection of Jesus. And I would imagine these have been around for quite some time now, so I would imagine that most folks are familiar with the resurrection eggs. But just in case uh, that you haven't heard of them, let me just briefly tell you guys what they're all about. Each of the 12 eggs has a different item inside that represents a certain aspect of the Easter story. So the items inside the eggs are things like a crown of thorns or 30 pieces of silver, a stone, a cross, all items that are instrumental in telling about the death and resurrection of Jesus. And the egg set also comes with a little illustrated companion booklet to help parents explain the significance of each object in ways that really young kids can easily understand and remember, which is super helpful. And I just think that the resurrection eggs are such a fantastic way to have fun with our kids while teaching them about the true meaning of Easter. Dindra, I think it's funny that your family did almost exactly what ours has done for many years now. We also have the resurrection eggs and love them. And I think we got ours on Amazon, but um, you know what? We'll put a link to the resurrection eggs in our show notes. I don't know if you and your family have jumped on the monthly membership bandwagon, but my family really has. There are several that we get super excited about, but one of my kids' absolute favorites is called Dwell. Dwell is a monthly membership of scripture designs to help you and your family memorize one Bible verse every month. So we have what's called the Family and Friends membership, and it includes a four by five and a half print of the scripture verse, two key cards with the verse, and this is my favorite part, nine temporary tattoos. The designs are just beautiful, and I think this is a perfect Christmas or a birthday gift that doesn't include just more plastic stuff laying around the house. Actually, I have a funny story about my dwell tattoo. I was having dinner with my parents one night, and I had one on my wrist because we were learning John 8:36. Well, my dad saw it and asked if I had a new tattoo on my arm, and I was like, yeah, Dad, I've had this for almost 10 years. <laughs> and he said, well, I never noticed that before. <laughs> And then I had to confess that I lied to my dad about a fake scripture tattoo. So, you know, don't be like me. To learn more about this wonderful way to help you and your family hide God's Word in your heart, just go to dwelldifferently.com and sign up today. Again, that's dwell, D-W-E-L-L, differently.com. Something else that we did as a family to keep the focus of Easter on Jesus was um, I set up a little tabletop-sized wooden cross with one hook drilled into it for each child, and I hung five index cards per child with Bible verses written on each one. So for a couple of weeks leading up to Easter, our kids worked on memorizing the scriptures on those cards that hung on the cross. And then on Easter morning, we turned the scripture cards 
into a scavenger hunt. So for every Bible verse they recited on Easter morning, they found a rhyming clue on the back of that scripture card, which would lead them to a prize. And I just made up really simple little rhymes for the clues and uh, and just wrote them on the back of the scripture cards the night before Easter. And here, I actually have a few examples here um, of just our hiding places and the kind of clues that I used just so that you guys could get a basic idea. So I hid a treat uh, underneath their beds and on the other side of the back side of the scripture card, this little scavenger hunt rhyme went like this. It said, you rest your head here to get some sleep. Under this thing, you'll find a treat. And then I put something in the bathtub and the little rhyme on the back of the card read, you scrub a dub dub to get yourself clean. A prize in this place is yet to be seen. And then I had something in the refrigerator and I had, when you are thirsty, you always look here. Today, when you look, a treat will be near. And then just one more, I put uh, something in the car and I wrote, the thing you travel in has four wheels, climb inside and hear the squeals. (laughs) So I just wrote really simple little rhyming clues for the scavenger hunt on the back of those uh, scripture memory cards. And my kids loved it. Now, of course, you can pick your own Bible verses and come up with your own clues. Um, I'd be happy to share some of the Bible verses that we used and some of the rhyming clues that I came up with. And of course, you guys are welcome to use any that you like. So again, we'll be sure to add those to the show notes and we'll make it super easy um, to where you can just download and print the ones that you like, the ones that you might like to use. And you guys can thank Katie for the beautiful designs <laughs> on the printable. She created those for you guys last week, and they're super cute. Thank you, Ginger. Well, yeah, just go to gingerhubbard.com slash podcast to access those printable verses and the rhyming scavenger hunt clues. Yep, and we'll also put a link to uh, the small tabletop wooden cross that we used in our family. And if you guys would like to order that, that's what I hung. We hung our scripture cards on, and it was just a, a neat little representation to have um, during the time leading up to Easter. And we actually had a few Roman soldiers standing around our cross, and so <laughs> when the kids got up on Easter morning. Those bad boys have been knocked over because Jesus has risen, and that tomb that they were guarding was empty. I love that. That is so funny. Well, we also do a scavenger hunt around the house. When I when I first heard all of your stories, I'm like, we do exactly the same thing. <laughs> um, but my husband writes all the rhyming clues to put in each egg. We actually put them in an egg. Mm-hmm. And what's hilarious is that we have a spreadsheet that we use every year. So if you know my husband, this just won't surprise you at all. But we have to keep good records because one clue in one egg leads to a hidden egg that contains another clue. So when we go to hide them, I mean, this takes us like an hour and a half. So we have to use the spreadsheet and the numbered eggs so we don't get confused. We just (laughs) really love to make things very difficult on ourselves. (laughs) Yes, you do. You guys are such nerds. We really are. You are. You know, what you listeners don't know is that Katie, and I know Brian's like this too, look for any and every excuse to create a spreadsheet. (laughs) I mean, just about every aspect of this podcast. I mean, from the episode ideas right down to the sponsors was once just a very simple Word document that Katie Katie has made into this elaborate spreadsheet. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And oh, just for the record, she has me set up as view only because she's so afraid that I might mess up her system. So so she has to approve all of my suggestions before they actually show up. Yeah, this is true. (laughs) But I can't say that I blame her because I am a complete disaster (laughs) when it comes to spreadsheets. And she knows that I would totally wind up accidentally deleting her work of art. (laughs) Well, that's okay. That's okay. Um, Actually, in preparation for this episode, Ginger, I asked my husband if he could find one of the spreadsheets where we created our Easter scavenger hunts. And he said, which year? (laughs) Like he's got them categorized (laughs) by year. (laughs) Again, nerd alert. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) 
<laughs> so, Katie, what'd you and Brian do on your date night last night? Oh, it was awesome. We actually reorganized all of our spreadsheets. Oh, and then we had a budget meeting and bought labels for my label maker. Ginger, we're wild. Wild, let me tell you. Well, I did find some of our old clues uh, from the past few years, and here are some of my favorites. And again, we'll include these in the show notes so you guys can use them as well if you'd like. So this one we hit in the mailbox, and it says, when someone delivers a card or a letter, they could throw it on the driveway, but this is much better. (laughs) This is my husband's sense of humor. He's hilarious. (laughs) I love it. So then our timeout location, uh, we said, it lost self-control, and it started to shout, so we had to send the next egg to timeout. (laughs) (laughs) Cute. Um, In the washing machine, we said, you can't get to heaven in one of these, but it helps with the grass stains on your knees. Mm. And then near our family calendar, this one was a little harder for them to figure out. Easter egg hunts are amazing and fun. I'm counting the days till we have our next one. So on our Easter spreadsheet, we have our resurrection eggs listed as well as a dozen or so additional plastic eggs with candy and coins and whatever tiny things we can find around the house. One year, we got the kids a huge egg filled with 50 tiny plastic ninjas because, I mean, truly, I can't think of anything more Easter-like than ninjas. Can you just... <laughs> <laughs> no, no, absolutely but there not. Is a, there is a reason. The reason we got those is because they're identical to the tiny little half-inch ninja that my youngest son got at the dentist's office. Thank you, dentist. And um, he was distraught when he lost it. Mm. So we bought 50 of them for like five bucks on Amazon so that we could stop searching the minivan for his ninja. <laughs> I mean, this kid was going nuts. His favorite toys are always the half-inch, you know, size toys. Mm-hmm, of course. Anyway, we love our low-key tradition with the resurrection eggs and a way-too-complicated scavenger hunt. Um, (laughs) We follow the clues, we run around the house, and stop when we get to a resurrection egg to actually read the story associated with each one. Mm. So, Ginger, I love that you incorporated scripture memory into that, though, leading up to Easter Sunday. That is such a great idea. And we really had a lot of fun with it. And so my kids memorized five verses each. But if you have younger children or children who might have a hard time memorizing for whatever reason, or if you want to incorporate this idea, but you don't have a lot of time because you're just now listening to this episode and Easter's only a few (laughs) days away, uh, then your children could just read the verses. You know, there's Mm -hmm. no rules here. And so it's just whatever works best for your family. Uh, And another idea is to have a variety of Christ-centered Easter books in a basket or somewhere and let your children choose a different one each day during the week leading up to Easter for story time or for their bedtime story. And you could even individually wrap each book in really pretty, bright colors and then let them choose which one to unwrap each day because Mm. that's always fun. Kids love to unwrap stuff. So um, I think it'd be good if we talked about some of our favorite Christ-centered Easter books, Katie. Uh, Mm. One really cute board book that I like is Jesus Rose for Me by Jared Kennedy. And it begins with Palm Sunday and, of course, ends with Easter and beautifully explains the true Christian meaning of Easter in a way that toddlers and preschoolers can really understand and remember. And so we'll be sure to include links in our show notes of some of the Christ-centered Easter books that Katie and I recommend. Katie, what were some of your kids' favorite Easter books? So we like The Story of the Easter Robin by Dandy Daly McCall, and it has beautiful illustrations, and it incorporates my kids' love for nature and wildlife, but it also emphasizes God's care for His creation as well as pointing to Christ on the cross. So we really mm-hmm. like that one. Mm-hmm. Um, another favorite of ours, and not just for Easter, though, is the Jesus Storybook Bible by Sally Lloyd-Jones. If your family doesn't have this book, it is so worth the cost. And again, the illustrations are just beautiful, but 
honestly, the writing in that entire book is just captivating. Mm. Um, Another favorite is The Garden, The Curtain, and The Cross by Carl Lafferton. It's another fun picture book with just beautiful illustrations. That's kind of a theme for us. I really like beautiful illustrations. Mm -hmm. And that's important for young kids because they have short attention spans. So those illustrations really hold their attention and help them to remember what what you're talking about. Exactly. Um, Okay, before I mention this last one, I have to admit that I am not a huge fan of the Berenstain Bears books for a few reasons. Um, One is that they seem too wordy for my taste when I'm reading. So I loved them as a child, but when I'm reading them, I'm like, oh, good. Here's a 20-minute book. Um, But the (laughs) other reason is that Papa Bear is always depicted as an absolute idiot. I mean, Mm. every single book, Papa Bear is just a moron. So, Mm. um, you know, I will admit, though, that these books have stood the test of time. I loved them as a kid. My kids love them as well. So I had to add the Berenstain Bears and the Easter story to my list. But I do make sure to point out to my kids how not helpless their own dad is after reading it. I have to mm-hmm. give them that disclaimer. You know your dad is capable. So let's read this <laughs> Your book. dad is not an idiot. <laughs> that's good. Yeah, that's great. Um, well, those sound good, Katie. And so, again, we'll put links in our show notes to all of these books that we've mentioned here. And I'm also doing an Instagram giveaway of Ooh, all yay. five of these really fantastic Easter books that we've just talked about. And so be sure to go to my Instagram, which is at ginger.hubbard to enter. And the winner will receive all of these books in plenty of time. And they will be all set with some really great books to help their children learn about the true meaning of Easter. Again, this is a giveaway on Instagram only, so make sure you're following Ginger at ginger.hubbard. Well, Ginger, I don't know about you, but this makes me want to pull out our Easter spreadsheet and get to work. (laughs) Of course it does. (laughs) Can you leave us with a word of encouragement as we head into this wonderful season as we celebrate our risen Savior? Sure. Easter is the perfect time to teach our children more about who Jesus is and what He's done for us. There are so many simple ways to do this and so many fun resources available to us. So don't let that opportunity pass. I encourage you to prepare ahead of time and to be intentional about keeping Jesus Christ, our Lord, at the very center of your Easter celebration. Let's show our children that nothing and no one is more worthy of celebrating than Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Ginger. And thank you, listeners, for joining us. If you enjoyed our show and want to hear more, please subscribe to our podcast wherever you're listening. And while you're there, we would love for you to leave us a rating or a review. This just helps us get the word out about our podcast so that other parents can be encouraged to reach the hearts of their children. Do you have a parenting question? Well, hop on over. Wink, wink. <laughs> get it. Uh, to gingerhubbard.com slash askginger, and we'll do our best to answer it in a future episode. And while you're on the website, you can find our show notes, which will include links to the books, the resurrection eggs, and anything else we mentioned in today's episode. Oh, and don't forget about our free scripture memory cards and scavenger hunt rhymes that you can download and print. While you're on gingerhubbard.com, you can find Ginger's wonderful resources that will help you get to the heart of outward behavior and address it from a biblical perspective. So today we're offering her parenting book, I Can't Believe You Just Said That, Biblical Wisdom for Taming Your Child's Tongue, at a 10% discount when you use the code parenting at gingerhubbard.com. Thank you so much for joining us today. We look forward to being with you again next week. Until then, may God bless you as you seek to reach the hearts of your children for the glory of God. When my daughter was five years old, she asked me a question one day that I had a hard time answering. She asked, 
Why would God create us knowing that we would sin and then punish us for our sins? And apparently I struggled enough with my answer that she finally said, can you just ask Siri? You know, our kids are living in a day when technology is inescapable. For better or worse, technology is one of their most pervasive and influential teachers. And that can be a scary thought considering all the dangers lurking online. So one way to encourage our kids' curiosity in a safe environment is by using Covenant Eyes. Covenant Eyes offers safeguards for every member of the household. Their accountability service monitors screen activity and sends a detailed report to parents or even a trusted ally if online choices are difficult for the adults in the household as well. My husband and I have used Covenant Eyes for more than a decade, and we are so grateful for the hedge it has placed around our marriage. To find out more about how you can help your family remain pure online, visit CovenantEyes.com. Again, go to CovenantEyes.com to start your free 30-day trial.